Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Inside the Studio, presented by iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Joe Levy. Okay, so as you probably know, we started the home edition of the show to let you in on the ways that artists are coping with quarantine and, and how these times are impacting their lives and the way they make music. I think it's pretty safe to say that no one we've spoken with has given this quite as much thought, reflection, and meditation as Jason Moraz. When Jason said this has been the weirdest year of his life, I felt that, big time. But then when he followed it up by, by talking about feeling a bounce in positivity as people try to learn how to make you feel their smile behind their mask, I felt that too. Jason's got a lot of interesting things to say, and and even if I'm not 100% sure about his advice to start every day by making your bed, I did try it this morning, and it definitely didn't make things any worse. Anyway, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to listen to the iHeartRadio podcast, hosted by our quarantine correspondent, Jordan Runtog. It's called Rivals, Music's Greatest Feuds, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. My name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. My guest today is a singer, songwriter, and when he's not doing that, he's growing food on his ranch in Southern California. His uplifting summer jams like The Remedy and I'm Yours are just as sunny as his disposition, and now he's putting some badly needed positive vibes into the world with his latest release, Look for the Good. It's a collection of original reggae tracks imbued with messages of optimism and gratitude as practiced by his hero, Mr. Rogers. He's also backing up his ideals with action by donating proceeds from the record to charities promoting Black Lives Matter causes. I'm thrilled to welcome Mr. A to Z, Jason Mraz. 
Jason, it's such an honor to speak to you. God knows I've spent so much of my, my teenage years playing your songs to girls on guitar, trying to impress them. So I owe you a belated apology for, for all of those times I've massacred your songs in the name of love. Oh, uh, I don't mind. They're your songs. I mean, when we record them <laughs> and put them out, they're for you to do what you wish. <laughs> for good or bad, for for awkward or for romantic heroism. I don't know. It's... All the above in that one, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, how does life in quarantine find you today? Totally weird, man. Yeah? Um, I've just, this has been the weirdest year of my life. And probably for everyone. Probably for everyone. Just yeah. Just, uh, what was normal has been changed. And then we're now being normalized into some really radical, far out and painful things as well. During it all, we're just asked to kind of stay away from each other, stay home, keep your keep your mouth covered. Uh, I mean, it's just twilight zone all over the place, you know. Who, it's not natural. It's like, not natural. Being skipped apart. But what's very what I find is interesting, and that adds to the weirdness, is that I've experienced an increased level of politeness and cooperation. Like even though we are being, we are seeing a lot of negativity in the world. Like uh, America's getting an education, but if you go to the grocery store and you're at the gas station, you're doing the things we have to do to interact in the public, working environments, all that. I've just found an overall sense of like we're going to get through this. And hey, how are you? And I want to make sure you can feel my smile behind this mask. I, I really am getting that. So, and that's weird too, you know? It's like, wow, everybody's being really nice. What's going on? It's definitely <laughs> like, I, I've noticed you trying to like smile with the eyes more, which is like, I guess like what Tyra taught us, I suppose. It's the smizing. Oh. It's like, really, yes. you want people to see it. I do that too. I agree. Oh, wow. Thanks, Tyra. <laughs> You've said on many occasions, you are such an empath. And I know a lot of my, my friends and myself were empaths. It's so hard not to to get bogged down with the feeling of, just, just taking on everybody else's pain. How do you try to keep your own head above water and look out for yourself first without taking everything else on? Well, they do tell you on the aircraft, secure your own mask first before you help the others, right? Maybe that's a metaphor for something, but definitely I've always found that world peace begins within. So anything I do when I get up in the morning, make my bed, brush my teeth, do a little yoga stretch, that short little routine is sort of my mindfulness and my uh, alignment and my balance. So when I step out into the kitchen where I have a shared space with roommates or I flip on my phone and I see the entire world exploding, I can at least observe that from a balanced and a calm place. I can observe the world, the always changing world, the uncertain world. I can observe it with a, with a grounded sense of like, I know who I am and I can handle this. I can make calm decisions out of love, not of fear. Whereas if I skip the, the bed making, if I skip my yoga practice, if I don't brush my teeth and I just run into the kitchen, or I just look at my phone, I don't have any, I don't have any place to stand on. And that whole world uh, can overwhelm me. And then it's harder to even get out of bed and get on with my day or be productive. Uh, so it's, it's small practices of mindfulness that I truly do believe begins with making your bed. When you wake up, there's something to that. Also, you're, you're, correct me if I'm wrong, on a avocado and coffee ranch right now at the moment. I can't think of a place that's better than being on a farm, just being connected to the earth. Does that help keep you centered? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, 
farm work, it, as much as of an ideal it is, it's still a very uh, challenging thing to maintain and sustain, especially in California. Anything in agriculture in California is is not native. It was planted here because the weather's great and we can be able to produce a lot of food and flowers and grains and all kinds of things that are made in California. But the irony is it requires irrigation and it requires a lot of farmer's footsteps. There's not a whole lot of just natural food forest happening. It, it really is all designed, I guess, through generation, generations of agriculture. Um, so that's the boring part of the answer. Um, but what it means is living out here is it's challenging. It's, it requires us to do some work as what we'll pulls a lot of energy into it. And most of the other farmers I've met do have second jobs. They have multiple loans and liens on their properties. They have mortgages because farming itself just doesn't make any money. So I always like to stress that when we're talking about this, because a lot of people want to go and live out on a farm and whatnot, just be mentally prepared that it is hard work to live the farm dream. I've been very blessed because I have music in my life and I've been very successful with my first six albums to, to be able to afford a beautiful ranch. And now we're trying to turn this little ranch into its own sustaining business. So let's say that should the music industry collapse and we, we no longer are selling music because everything's free, right? Or we no longer are doing concerts because there's a pandemic and we just can't breathe. Hopefully my little fruit farm will figure out a way to sustain itself. And what I mean is, will the fruit ever actually pay for the labor or will my other jobs and my other loans have to pay for that labor too? So living on a farm is exciting. It's romantic. It's beautiful. Everything you've just said right now is just so tinged with optimism. You know, it's, I can't tour right now and the music industry is really weird, but I'm going to do this amazing, beautiful thing. I mean, and that brings me to this album you've just made, which it's an album of hope, of optimism. And yet you've self-identified, correct me if I'm wrong, as a pessimist. Like, how is that? I don't, I don't believe you. Teach me your ways. How are you this, this hopeful and optimistic? Uh, yeah. So the album is called Look for the Good. And I sit down and I will write a song like that. And in fact, almost every song I've ever written is kind of through that filter of like, look for the good. How can I look for the good in this? And it's usually because I'm I'm sitting in either insecurity or lack of confidence or sort of not really knowing what the future holds. And so with that, you can kind of feel out of balance. And so I'll sit at an instrument, piano or guitar And I'll try to sing, breathe life into a more stable future or breathe life into love, romance, uh, poetry, breathe life into um, just security, self-confidence, things that I'm missing. So I use music to basically fill those, I guess, voids in my life. And if it works, if I really feel the uplift and the song itself, just by the use of language, uh, shifts my perspective into one that's more confident, more optimistic, then I know I've done my job on the piano, or at least the music has done its potent alchemy on me, which is what I believe it can really do for all of us. In that saying, if I believe it can do it for all of us, that's when I'll take that song and I'll put it on a record, I'll put it on stage, because I feel like "Mm, there, there might be some medicine in this music because it worked for me. And I don't know why it is I have a lack of self-confidence and insecurities. It's whether it's being rejected in, I was uh, not the best soccer player in fourth grade. 
And I remember kind of being heartbroken on the side of the field. And like those little moments when you're seven, eight, nine years old, they have such a huge impact on you and they start to shape what you believe about yourself. And then however your parents may have treated you or your siblings may have treated you or people at school or teachers, et cetera, it piles on. And then as an adult, I'm still having to basically try to prove myself on the soccer field. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason I'm wearing a pink shirt right now. I'm wearing it in your honor. Uh, Thank you. Pink. Um, it reminds me of the album's closing track, Gratitude, which you express gratitude for, for so many things, including, you know, like bullies when you were 17, which is just looking for things from such a, a positive place. Can you tell me about that song? I know it kind of had a long uh, gestation period. Yeah. Um, again, look for the How can I look for the good in everything? And, in, and when I was a senior in high school, especially my senior year, I remember even starting the year going, wow, I, I didn't get beat up because my first year of ninth grade, Driving to school, my friend Brad, he said, hey, man, you're going to get your ass beat every once in a while. It's just part of high school. And so I was, I was terrified of oh, high school. And then, in my, and then in my senior year, I feel like I'm a pretty cool guy. I've done all the plays and, and proved myself to be, you know, have friends at all the different cafeteria tables, you know. And I was kind of gloating, like, wow, I, I never got my ass kicked. Uh, I did pretty good in high school. And then like a week later, uh, I got a series of beatdowns and slams up against the locker. Uh, one was off-site at school, uh, off-site of school grounds. That was pretty bad. And all of it was just jealous guys because I was doing well and I, all my friends were their girlfriends and they just wanted to put me in their place. And so as... As I continue to write songs in my adult life, how can I look back at those moments and see them as beneficial to who I am today? Uh, so I have to say thank you for those experiences. I mean, here we are still taking time on this podcast to talk about those little moments. So those moments are still contributing to my life today. And uh, the song Gratitude uh, actually began out of that, um, that inst those instances in high school and when I have a little seed like that, then I, I can't wait to turn something into a song. Um, so I also thought about the, the rejection and the, the, the song also used to have other verses in it. And that's typical of songwriting is I'll overwrite a song or I'll do multiple writes and things just kind of end up on the cutting room floor eventually. But this, this song actually began even probably 2010 when I was first starting to write songs for Love is a Four-Letter Word. And unfortunately, it just, it wasn't fully realized 10 years ago. And when I was in the studio last year, uh, working on this new reggae album with Michael Goldwasser and Raining Jane and uh, some amazing musicians, I still had this gratitude song idea. Um, another great songwriter, Matt Morris, and I had gotten together maybe in 2015 and spun an idea around the gratitude song. But again, it never it never saw the light. So it had just been kind of hanging around one of the many post-it notes on the wall about potential song ideas someday. And this album, Look for the Good, was just the perfect final like uh, package that gratitude finally fit in and it finally found its home. You know, I was thinking I, I was thinking of, of the title and it, I knew it sounded familiar and then it finally clicked. It reminded me of, of Mr. Rogers sort of look for the helpers. And you've actually said yes. that Mr. Rogers was a big influence on you morally and spiritually, at least, as you made this album, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I always knew the guy was on to something. But the last couple of years, there's been some great documentaries about the man. 
and books and articles. And I kind of got reacquainted with him over the last five years and was very inspired by how he chose to use the power of television, how he chose to use that to get to, to people's feelings. And about five years ago, I was visiting a middle school and I met the counselor and I said, hey, what do you need? What's a common request that you would have to make your life better or make the students' lives better? And she goes, you know what? We don't have Mr. Rogers anymore. And by the time a student gets even to elementary school, if they have emotional problems, it's almost too late to start to address them. In the old days, Mr. Rogers would address those from a very young age and basically give kids counseling before they ever showed up in school. And she was right. So anyway, very inspired by him over the last couple of years. I really do believe it has affected my work from the No album with the Have It All track and and what we were trying to do on that album to Look for the Good and and the messages we're trying to do here. And you're right, Look for the Helpers is exactly what what inspired this song. Um, Nelson Mandela's famous quote, It Always Seems Impossible Until It's Done, inspired this song. Uh, Michael Goldwasser sent me the song title, Look for the Good, after he'd heard it sermonized at his synagogue by his rabbi who said, look for the good and you will find the good. Look for the bad and you will find the bad. So how do you want to spend your time, you know? And uh, that to me is like, that's songwriting. That's what we do in a song is we want to highlight those little moments in life so that we can cherish those moments forever and really make them feel big. Using this song for good, I mean, use it for the, the theme for the uh, the Food for Heroes program in, in New York City, which provides food for essential healthcare workers and, and essential personnel. How did, how did that come to be? And what's been that, what's that experience been like? That was, uh, that came right out of the gates because uh, apparently someone in the mayor's office of New York is a big fan. So the minute we put the song out, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so in alignment with what we're doing right now. Can we use this song? I said, absolutely. So we all signed off just play the song, do what you need to do. Let's raise some uh, awareness and money for your uh, your essential workers there feeding, feeding healthcare workers, which was pretty awesome. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. 
The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. You released the album on, on June 19th, Juneteenth of this year, obviously a, a, a very important charge day. Tell me a little about that decision. Yeah, man. So, you know, I had honestly never even heard of Juneteenth. That was not something that was taught to me in my high school government or civics or history classes. About, I don't know, six months ago, we decided, yeah, we'll put the album out in the summer. June 19th looks great. We'll do today's show on June 21st. Like when you're putting music out, you lay out a whole schedule of promotional events. Well, the world had its eyes opened. America started getting an education, including myself. And we realized, oh my gosh, our album is scheduled on this very historic day. And I said, you know what? I don't, I don't want to not put my album out because I feel like the, the lyrics and the songs of this sing about the kind of world we're working towards, a more equal and just and fair world. And I can't just have an album about these lyrics and these ideas without doing something. So I reallocated my royalties that I'd already earned through the advance that I got um, with BMG. And uh, six different organizations received the total sum of uh, $250,000 already, which makes me feel great because I feel like this album now also serves that purpose of uh, advancing equality. You know, you've been hearing about reparations. You've been hearing about redistribution of wealth. You've been hearing about socialism. I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. <laughs> and who am I if I'm not actually donating and volunteering and doing that work to help society breathe easier? That was a beautiful thing you did. I want to uh, read the names of the organizations you donate to. Correct me if, if, I, if I miss any, just in case anyone listening also wants to contribute. Uh, San Diego Young Artist Music Academy, Rise San Diego, Grassroots Law Project, Center on Policy and Initiatives and Equal Justice Initiative, and Black Lives Matter. I believe those are the six. That's right. You're doing so much. I feel sort of almost bad asking you this question. Uh, what else are you doing? <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that. What are you working on now musically? I've, I've read that you have a, a second reggae project in the works. Yeah. Um, so when we made this new album, we assembled a phenomenal band. Some guys that had toured with me, some guys that had been working with Michael Goldwasser in the past. And uh, I just, I want to play more music with these guys. We're going to tour next year on this album. And we thought, Heck, let's do another session before we hit the road just so we can continue to build our catalog of some great songs, old and new, uh, using these these new reggae arrangements. So definitely working on that. Uh, I've been working on some, some holiday musical comedies uh, for a holiday coming soon. <laughs> uh, and then recently, this bizarre gig I got during quarantine came from PBS and the creators of The Masked Singer, uh, this weird reality show which I do not like the show title at all. 
but it, it's called Celebrity Show Off, and it's about different households competing for the best television show that you can produce in a week. And we, you know, we compete, and if you, you know, if your show's not great, you get kicked off the air. Uh, I, I kind of rejected it at first. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll do one or two episodes. And now I'm, shoot, I'm six episodes deep into a full season almost. And, uh, but it's cool. I've learned a lot about film production and how to make movies on an iPhone. And, uh, and in that, I get to write short little musical comedies as well and try to be a goofy Mr. Rogers character, which, you know, we were just talking about. You've said that this quarantine has been a gift in some ways. Why is that? What's been the silver lining of this for you? Oh, man. I've never been home this much, uh, and that is a gift because I just, I've, I'm such a transient. I've been living out of a suitcase since I was about eight years old that this year, I mean, shit, man, I'll probably be home for most of the year. I've been here since March and doesn't look like I'm going anywhere anytime soon. I've learned how to play the piano this year, which feels great. I mean, I could cheat it a little bit, but I'm, I feel like I'm finally getting confident um, and that's been a gift because I've been stuck at home. And a piece of advice right at the beginning of all this is someone said, hey, man, just master whatever's in front of you. And if you're impatient, master your patience, all right? For me, I was afraid of or, or couldn't imagine myself just sitting at a piano bench and practicing scales and things. That to me was always boring. Ever since I was five years old, I didn't want to do that. And here I am, almost 45, and... I still don't want to do that. So this year I said, I'm going to master that. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to learn something. And that's how I have to look at it as a gift. You know, I, I like to also hope that the piano is getting a little bit of mitigation and remediation through our being at home and our traveling less and our consuming less. But I don't know if that's really true. You know, I think we're also still drilling in the Arctic and the Arctic is on fire and we're all still ordering from Amazon uh, so, uh, I don't think the world's any better that we're at home, <laughs> but I can skiddly do you a piano song before, before we explode. Uh, so I guess that's a gift. <laughs> I was going to say, I noticed a lot of like Fender Rhodes runs and stuff on this new album. Is that you playing that? It felt, felt more keyboard heavy. Woo! I got to tell you it's not it's not me. Um I I can I can slowly fake you a solo on a Rhodes. <laughs> but my friend Daniel Mandelman played the Rhodes on this record and he just crushes crushes anything he plays. He's a one take guy too, man. He'll he'll whip you up a solo or a sec or do a do a tr take for you and we'll say, "Hey man, do you want to give us another one?" He's like, "Nah. That's that one's pretty good. And we'll listen to it like, yeah, that's pretty amazing. We're, I think we're done. It's so, it's so wonderful. So I aspire to be like Daniel. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. I was going to say, it sounds like you're getting there. Oh, that's, so you got uh, piano. That's, that's a wonderful thing. What, what are some of your other favorite distractions during this time? The things that, you know, kind of get you out of yourself for a minute. Weed. <laughs> good answer. Thank you, California, for legalizing recreational cannabis because um, that's, they, dispensaries were one of the um, businesses on the essential list right away. They never closed. And in the strip malls where we have dispensaries, they are 
slammed. I mean, business in and out all day long. I guarantee it. And it's so sad because, you know, the little sandwich shop next door or the nail salon next door, et cetera, just shut down. And the weed businesses are just cranking. It just goes to show you how many people are self-medicating and or having a pretty good time uh, during quarantine. Uh, you know, that's that's always been my 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 wine at the end of the day. It's just twist up a little dube and then um, if I'm not careful, a musical comedy will break out. So I try not to overdo it because I can only write to so many musical comedies per day. <laughs> Is that something you would ever get into in an agricultural sense, like on, on your farm? Uh, no, not just yet, because it's not federally regulated still, like, which is so crazy. At any time, unmarked federal agents could appear in your city. <laughs> that would never happen. Um, and they could destroy your plants, you know, or they could seize your property or something. So it's to me, it's it's not really a safe agricultural bet just yet, even though plenty of huge corporations are making billions of dollars off cannabis while many small-time cannabis offenders still sit in jail, which is, uh, which is totally bizarre. And if I were to have a crop, let's say, I would also need to promote that crop, right? Like Willie Nelson has a, has a weed strain, right, or a weed variety. Um, I still want to stay in that Mr. Rogers lane. I still would love to be on Sesame Street again. So with that, I'm not going to put my name on a, like a strain of Jason Mraz's purple, icky, sticky, uh, <laughs> titty twister, 33% THC. You know, I'm, I'm just, I can't see my f- name and face on a on a sticky butt just yet because I'd rather be, Hanging out with Oscar the Grouch, in a, you know what I'm saying? And I don't think I don't think you can do both just yet. Even though Oscar the Grouch does look just like a nug of weed. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I feel like there's our ad break right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, is it a conspiracy theory that we just unveiled? <laughs> Oscar the Grouch is he really just a weed dealer? Can we get that trending, please? All right, all mm. listeners, yeah. I definitely just got kicked off of Sesame Street forever. <laughs> Thank you. Hashtag Oscar the Nug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you know what? We could have an indica strain called Oscar the Couch. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to go into this business? Because this is looking all really right. good. Yeah. Man, I might have to. Hey, if 2021 looks like this year... Then, yeah, forget about it. I'm definitely going to just go into the weed business, I guess. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I got to ask you, and I'm sure you get this a lot. I, I spent a number of years as a, uh, a wedding DJ in college, and I can't tell you the number of times that people ask me to play um, yours as the, their first dance. How does that feel to have something so personal like a song? And I, I can't write songs. I don't know what that feels like. So I know it's got to be, I imagine it has to be pretty personal to be embraced by so many millions and have it be such a huge part of their lives. I mean, you know, first dance. Yeah, it's crazy because most people don't realize that song is about a breakup and it's about devil worship. No, I'm just kidding. It's not about either of those things. It's about finding love, everlasting love. Um, it's a high honor, man. You never know where a song is going to end up. I mean, I didn't even know the song would end up on an album when I wrote it. But over time, audiences loved it and it always felt good to sing. So it ended up on an album and it just kept getting played and played. And, um, you know, I didn't really come up with the words, I'm yours. It's written on a Valentine's heart. You can eat them. They're crappy little candies that you eat every, every Valentine's. But it was written in such an honest moment, trying to um, reconnect with the thing I love the most, which is losing myself in a song, like giving myself away to something so hard that I don't even experience myself anymore. It's just saying, I'm yours. Like, I don't, I don't even exist anymore because I am now eternally connected to source, to something greater. And so, of course, that's what you'd want on your wedding day is to look into your partner's eyes and say, I am giving myself to you and now we are just going to be one entity and, and you are going to source me, etc., which is heavy on a wedding day. <laughs> Um, but also beautiful. But also beautiful. Yeah, man. So I, I'm thrilled about that. I, and I've been to some weddings and heard my music come on. I usually step out. I usually go out <laughs> to the bathroom or I go get a refill. It's hard to just kind of sit and listen to something or, or even like be on the dance floor and rock out to myself. I don't know why that is. Like I could be on stage and rock it out for you, but I don't want to. It's so weird, right? I, although I got to tell you. I'll, I'll admit it right now. I could do it with the new album, with the reggae album. If someone put it on, I'd walk in the room and be like, yeah, turn it up. I just love the sound of this record. Michael Goldwasser knocked it out of the park sonically. And Jeff Berkeley, who recorded it here in, a, in our studio, I want to give him a shout out. 
Is it true that that your your home studio is based loosely on on Bob Marley's home? Is that it is? Yeah. Uh, in in two thousand three, I was touring a lot on my first album, and things were going well, and I was still living in an apartment in Los Angeles. And I'd come home for these little short weekends or two week breaks from tour in my little apartment in LA. I was like, okay, it's time. Like I'm, I gotta find like a little space, a little house somewhere. I just I can't have neighbors right behind, right on the other side of the wall. And I went to Jamaica to do a track with Sly and Robbie. And while I was there, I took a tour of Bob Marley's house on Hope Road, which is now uh, in a uh, museum. And a fun story about this story is I was working with Grace Vanderwall once, who is an amazing young ukulele player. And I was telling her about the time I visited Bob Marley's house, which is a museum now. And she goes, wait, Bob Marley's house is a museum? I was like, yeah, well, when he passed away, his estate, his family decided they would turn it into... She goes, wait, 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 wait. Bob Marley is dead? And I thought, oh my gosh. Wait a minute, you guys. I'm the person responsible for telling Grace Vanderwall Bob Marley is out of town forever. Um, that wasn't a great moment, man. Back to the real story. Yeah, I visited Bob's home, and for a young kid in his mid-20s who was trying to imagine what a house or a home could feel like, seeing this house that Bob, that they said all of the whalers would move in and they'd be able to live and rehearse together and eat together and be totally immersed in the music, that little studio in the backyard, they had fruit trees and a little herb garden. It was a compound. It was a community center. And I thought, that is cool. That sounds very Zoolander. And, <laughs> and I came home from that trip and I just started looking around and I looked on the fringe of San Diego where in San Diego was kind of the town where I started my career. And I still had coffee shops there that I frequent and lots of friends and songwriters in the area Still close enough to L.A., but I didn't have to do L.A. or be in that world. So found a little fringe farm on the outskirts of San Diego, just a small little property that had some fruit trees, and and uh, I've been here ever since, 16 years. And a few years into living out here, at first we had the studio in the house, and the whole band moved in, and we made Mr. A to Z, that my second album, kind of uh, mostly in the house. And then built a studio in my backyard and did a lot of the workshopping and demos for We Sing, We Dance, We Steal Things. And then same, every album, I would just continue to chip away at the studio and, and use it as a workspace and kind of a workshop where I would build birdhouses essentially, but my birdhouses are these little songs. And I could come in at all hours and just chip away at a, at a variety of things. And But this album was the first time I ever did all the tracks here. Um, which was very, very exciting. You know, it took 15 years to, to finally get to a place where the studio was in a shape where I could support the band, feel good about the quality of the recordings. Um, and, uh, yeah, we did it. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for Bob and the Whalers and Bunny Whaler and, and uh, the Tough Kong crew for making Bob's home a museum to inspire a young person like me to try to grow up and continue the positive vibes that Bob and his music was making as well. So I see it. I see our effort as a as a tribute to what they were up to. You made your dream. That's incredible. Yeah, man. Thanks. It's and I'm trying to make it a dream for others too. There's a lot of people that get to live and work here that are all doing their version of that dream. Whether you're an engineer or a drummer, 
or um, into agriculture. There's a lot of young people that work in agriculture here. Uh, so it feels good. And I know this place is going to outlive me. You know, when you plant a tree, it's going to outlive you. That's just the nature of trees. When you write a song, it's going to outlive you. All of our favorite songs or most of our favorite songs might be by artists who are no longer on the planet anymore. But thank goodness for recorded music. It gets to continue to inspire us. And thank goodness for Mother Nature who continues to grow these avocado trees outside our studio. They were planted in the early 70s wow. before I was even born. So I can't really take credit for the fruit that's growing. I just, I'm just lucky enough to live here. Jason, thank you for your time, your music, your avocados. My last question, when this pandemic is over, you could snap your fingers and have everything go right back to normal, whatever normal is. What's the yeah. first thing you would do? Trips you would take, people you'd hug, meals you'd go out and eat. What's, what's the first thing you would do? First thing is organize a big tour. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. Call every musician, call the crew, call my dad, call the bus drivers. Um, Charlie Quick, I hope you're doing well. I heard you were in a car accident. I hope your shoulder's doing better, buddy. Charlie's been my driver for 15 years on, on tour buses. It's just an amazing guy. Um, I would call everybody, man, because that's what we really do, I feel, um, as that's our jobs. We, we are a traveling circus. We're showmen. We're entertainers. And when we go to small towns and all over the country, I feel like we... Um, we stir up hopefully positive vibes and maybe even add some some juice to the local economies when we tour. I asked Willie Nelson once, "Why do you still tour after all these years?" He said, "You know, it gives people jobs. It it's it 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 matters to people." So, I, and plus the the joy that you get for those two hours when you just crank up the amps and the sound system and and you rock the house, and you and you surf those giant waves of music. There's nothing like it. There's no other job quite like it. So that's the first thing I do. The minute they say we can go back to life as normal, uh, I'm going to hit the road. We're going to go on a long, juicy tour. Jason, can't wait to get you back out there. Thanks, buddy. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio Home Edition, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio and other shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.